Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. Hi, this is Bruce Anderson from the Core Gift Institute. Today I'm talking with Jack Burns from London. Much of Jack's universe spins around writers and writing and publishing. She's worked in traditional publishing houses and coaches writers from the very first steps of gathering information that will turn into a book through helping the book hit the marketplace. She leads writing workshops, founded the London Writers Club. If it's about writing, she's a good place to start. As you'll see, Jack is a person who says what's on her mind. You never have to guess what she's thinking. There's an aliveness in her style that keeps you wondering, what's she going to say next? During our interview, as she talked about the process of coaching writers, I realized that's exactly what she's trying to help her clients do. She's living the gift that she's giving to others. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. Along the way, she busted myths that I've always had about writers and writing, and I think you'll be surprised by some of the things she says. So let's get into it. So anyway, good morning, Jack. It's good great morning. to talk to you. Great to talk to you. I'm uh, just fascinated in our, the little chat we had before we, um, before we um, um, are doing this today, and you said so many interesting things. I've got a million questions, and and uh, so it's going to be hard to narrow it down to just a few, but, but um, just so we can get an idea, where, where are you in the world right now? So I'm in a place that I'm mockingly called Teddy Town because it's a lot calmer than the inner in city part of London where I live. So I call it Teddy Town. It's actually called Teddington. And it's just about half an hour on the train outside of central London. And it's cute. And it's got the river Thames. It's got deer in the parks. So I can hear them calling and mating in the autumn time. Um, it's a lovely place. It's good. Are you, are you, are you, were you born and raised in London? Or are you, are you from? No, there? I'm actually um, from Liverpool. Um, but I spent uh, 25 years in Australia, in South Australia. So oh. yeah, wow. I grew up in a dry artsy town, dry as in hot and dry, um, but very artsy kind of town that has um, a festival of arts every year. And it's just fantastic. It's second, it's on the circuit of Edinburgh festival. So um, you know, it's a good place, a lot going on. The circus comes to town and you, it's small enough that you see every circus that comes to town, which is wonderful. <laughs> so there's multiple circuses? Well, uh, multiple figurative circuses, yeah. So every yeah. act that comes, you get to see because there isn't that much going on, you know, normally. So tell yeah. me a little bit about your work, Jack, what, what you, how you spend your, the, the work time, that part of your life. So it's, it's around books and publishing, um, but but underneath that, it's really is about my curiosity and nosiness because I want to know how everything works. I want to know how other people live, how they do things, what's involved in all the jobs that I'll never get to do in my short one short life. Um, so ostensibly on the surface, I'm helping people to write their books and put them out there in the world. And I do that. But for my personal satisfaction, what I'm also doing is digging around in, in a myriad of worlds um, uh, with um, you know, a huge range of wonderful people. Um, and I get to live vicariously through others and then put mm -hmm. it out in print. So are the people that you're 
helping to formulate their their books is it are they biography kinds of books or are they about a, a topic are they about uh you know spirituality or writing or or, or is it or is it people's stories or is it a combination well because i'm um as well as being nosy and curious i'm also greedy so um i do all of those things uh when i was at random house i was focusing on nonfiction. it was very much about kind of business and well-being and parenting and those sorts of things but since I've come out on my own, I now do memoir and fiction. I, I found that I have a, I can turn my hand to fiction really well as well, because essentially writing a book is about being self-aware. Um, and when I realised that, I realised I could teach that. I could teach self-awareness of in story, like within a story or within a kind of narrative or um, laying out uh, an experience or a piece of information. I, I figured out that... What it required was understanding the reader, simultaneously understanding what you want yourself to put out there and how it all fits together. And um, the other piece that I work on is how the publishing industry perceives it and how people in-house are going to be able to get all their people fired up about the book in order to package it up beautifully, put a great cover on it, and then fire up the booksellers and the, you know, the whole industry. Mm-hmm. So it's about exciting lots of groups of people all at once, really. Um, so in, in all the people that have come to you, you've been doing this for quite a while now. So just the long list of, of authors and potential authors that have come to you, are there, are there, what are the, what are the two things that, that somebody who comes to you as a writer most often misunderstands? Um, I think sometimes people think there is a certain, a one way of doing it. And they, they hear my advice and they think that I'm telling them to do it this way. And what I'm actually saying is, this is what you're showing and telling me you want to put out there. And I'm reflecting back to you how it's coming across. And I'm asking, is that okay? Is this how you would like to be perceived? Um, and they often think that I'm telling them this is the way you should. And I'm never saying that. I'm just saying, this is how it's coming across. If that's right, let's run with that. And I'm fine. If not, if I think there's something more, I'll, I'll help them to find that. Um, and I, you know, I'm clear that that's coming from you in the, in the same way as you, you know, the, the core gift work that you do, you know, it's coming from the person themselves, uh, but you can help people to dig deeper, um, mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. closer to something that's really important. Um, cause there's a lot of, I think it should be done this way that we hold in our heads and bodies, you know, isn't there? Yeah. So I'm wondering, I'm thinking of myself as a, so as a, as a reader, as a, as a, you know, public person buying books, what are a couple things that you think the the public misunderstands about writers or writing? I think that they don't understand that the first, what we, what you think is the first draft is actually really a pre-draft because when you first write something, you know, if, if, if you're researching a king of England, you'd go to the library and you'd make lots of notes, etc. But if it's a novel or if it's a book about your story or a book about the way your expertise or the way, you, you know, you, um, the skills you have, you've got to dig around first to figure out what you actually think. So you, your, your kind of first draft, so to speak, is actually just the research that you would do in the library if it wasn't coming out of your own head. So you kind of got to write to see what you actually think first. And so, and I wouldn't count that as a first draft. I think people think, oh, I've, you know, I've done this and it's still not very good. It's like, basically all you've done is turn your head inside out and your guts and, and you know, and you're seeing what you think and then write your first draft from there. That, it's that's, okay. That's 
that must be so discouraging for people to spend all this time writing and and they and they they think they've got a first draft going and they just need a little editing and then they come to you and say oh you're just getting started here it must be yeah. discouraging at the beginning to to know that no i think people are actually really excited because because what they usually are is they usually feel like their first draft is shit and they wonder why it's shit you know that's Hemingway's quote not mine first draft mm -hmm. of everything is shit um you know they wonder why that is so and I say it's it's so because actually you haven't got a first draft you've just got kind of the first makings of what I want this to be about and then I say to them okay you know what's your premise what what do you what are you arguing in this piece of of work here you know what is the, the key thing that you want to say um and often it's slightly different or very different to what they think they're saying and and most people get really really excited by that work because mm. they just instinctively understand that it's taking them deeper in or further than they thought possible they thought there was going to turn out you know a lump of words and actually then they realize there's something much much bigger that they they're probably going to end up saying wow mm. it's important work you know it is important work it's like there's a lot it's, it's interesting when i talk about my work or when i try and kind of promote it and tell new clients about what they do i kind of don't tell them the full story because if i load them up with it's you know it's life-changing what you dig up when you write this book will often mean that you change the way you do your business how you describe your business it will change the services you offer because essentially it's just a an expression of some sort of intellectual property of a sort um, and a book is just part of that. And then all the other things fan out from there, really. Even if it's a memoir or, or a novel, it can really change everything that a person does. Mm -hmm. When they see what they've produced, what was inside them, they kind of go, shit, mm. you know, wow. Look exactly. Is it kind of that phenomenon <laughs> that, that pe when people get in a flow state, there's a there's this psychological phenomenon where you, where you, you, you hear yourself saying things that you didn't know you knew. Mm, absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. completely so where, you think where did that come from and then you stop asking that question you just let it flow after a while yeah yeah mm. so do you think when that happens when that happens some people describe it as a it's a subconscious neurological um, process going on where you can't have in your conscious mind all the time all the things you know but when you get asked a question or you have to figure something out you tap into this deep well of facts and it's actually just a very simple mechanical process in your brain and other people gravitate the other way that there's a there's a, a spiritual dimension to that kind of knowing that certain kinds of knowing are are, are gifted to you do you have a you have a uh, what, what do you think about that that contrast um i when you were saying that i instinctively just went to my gut and you know you know all this talk it was very fashionable about 10 years ago about the second brain being the gut because i think what happens is you kind of bypass your head or your that kind of knowing and it it just it, for me it, it feels like it's flowing from the gut whatever that is whatever that kind of space in you actually represents it mm -hmm. feels like it comes from there um some sort of force from, from you know from there and it's if you trust it and let it it just speaks for itself so yes of course it feels like it's it's spiritual in nature yeah 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 it's like That's something you've that. always known or you've known before or um in addition to actually what you do in your day job it's it's like that 
Right. I was just listening to a podcast by a, a, a famous um, psychiatrist person who's who's trying to help people understand about embodiment practices and mind, body, heart, and spirit, and that kind of holistic thinking. And and I, I just I really um, triggered on when he said the 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 brain is the top three inches of your body and your mind is all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. can we can we uh, talk about gifts a little bit? I, I, yeah, I know sure. that uh, Katie Elliott, a uh, fellow fellow Londoner, um, did a gift interview process with with you. So I'm wondering, why did you why did you agree to do it? What was well, it about you, it that got you hooked? If you remember, you and Katie talked on her little I think it's called little challenges, uh, little conversations, um, and and it always makes me laugh because actually they're always big conversations and. I think she's aware of that. Um, so you were talking about the core gifts. Um, I was really curious as to what that was because it seemed very different to the way we traditionally think about, like, I'm good at this, or I'm talented, or you know, I'm special in this way. It felt very different because it felt personal. It didn't feel kind of competitive or comparative. It just felt like it was my thing. And that's, I think, what kind of sparked off the, the curiosity there. Um, and then also the two of you were talking about how um, yeah, this is a cool gift and it all sounds really cool. And of course, we want to know what that is because it's going to help us in some way. But then I heard the opposite of, I don't know, what was that? It was something like um, there's a flip side of your gift. You know, like the, when you kind of, you, if you go too far with it or if you, I don't know, but I latched onto that as well. I can't quite remember how you described it, but it was something about the other side of how you are with your gift. If, if you maybe misuse it or I don't think you use those words, but that's how I was hearing it. And so immediately I kind of went, actually, I think, <laughs> I think I've got a sense about what it might be because this, this thing that's really great and helpful in my work and friendships, it's also where I'm a pain in the ass as well. Yeah. Um, particularly yeah. in friendships, you know, so yeah it's like the blessing and the curse that's it yeah much more eloquent than i just described yeah right right so will you share with us what you came up with yeah sure um it's just essentially and this is maybe a very english word i don't know but it's kind of michael gift is helping others to open their gob that's an english word i think mouth Mm -hmm. meaning mouth Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. in a quite crude way because i because it's kind of unfiltered because then i say and speak without artifice Open mm-hmm. their gob and speak with the artist. And that's artist is not a word that I ever use. And so that's another thing that made me think, hang on, at what's happening here through this process is sort of tapping into something further away than I normally reach because I'm reaching words that I wouldn't usually use in huh. my daily life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of went on, I give it by helping them to see who they really are and what's right for them, see how all the things they love fit together to act from their gut and to connect with an elemental force, never use that expression, that transcends their petty shit. So that's apparently my core gift and it feels right. Wow. So so if you wouldn't mind, so read it once again without all the editorial. All the bits and pieces. Just so I can hear it. Yeah. Um, For me or for the others? purpose version or the personal version the uh whichever one you want okay my core gift is opening my gob and speaking without artifice i give it by seeing who i really am and what's right for me seeing how all the things i love fit together acting from my gut and connecting with an element with an elemental force that transcends my petty shit wow so do you remember at the point where it sort of all came together do you remember 
what kind of reaction or reactions you had? Quite strong ones, really, because, of course, um, that in some ways sounds fabulous, but I can also see where all the conflict has kind of come in my life and where the, you know, the not the kickbacks from that kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it, unfiltered being in the world and encouraging, I encourage my clients to, to, to produce that work for themselves as well. You know, I help them in, in writing books, I help them to do that to speak their truth in a book and to kind of put it out there without any any nonsense in the way we can tidy it up if they want and make it fancy or smoother but I try and get them to get to the truth um and um yeah it's, it's yeah I had a strong reaction because I thought well god that explains why some people um push back at me because I'm always prodding them to open their gobs and to you know transcend the shit like I'm a, I'm a nightmare dinner party guest because I want people to have deep conversations I don't want to talk about how the kids fuck off how the kids I can't be bothered I mean I, I will ask them how their kids are but I don't want that to be the main conversation yeah 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 exhausting don't sit next to her she's exhausting I can imagine them all thinking you know <laughs> You get increasingly less dinner invites over the years. <laughs> oh no, they do like me. They just know who to sit me next to now. Yeah, you end up with a little sign on your front door saying, "I'm available for dinner if you'll have me." <laughs> as long as you don't mind it being disrupted. Yeah. 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 Huh. So, um, How, how does your gift help you primarily in the work that you're doing? I think it's that I don't accept the first answer I'm given. When, when, I, when people say, this is a book I want to write, I go, okay, is it? And I show them what the, what the book is they say they want to write. And I'll say, this is the book you say you want to write. What else is there? And the minute they're away from writing on the page and they're talking to me, they tell me all this stuff that's not on the page. And I go, you know, the easy editor would go, let's just tidy up this page and put the bloody thing out there. Whereas I'm like, no, no, the stuff you're saying is more important than what's on the page. Because when you come to the page, you behave yourself. You think your English teacher's watching. You think your mom's watching. You think your colleagues are watching. But when you speak, um, when I, I ask some questions, I think that's when it really comes out, you know, what's important to them to put out into the world in book form. So it mm -hmm. helps me enormously to just, just have that kind of, sense that there's more there's always more to someone and there's also, also always a lot they're not saying and how could how could the, the, you were talking about you were you were you were you noticed when katie and i were talking about the flip side of that the shadow side or the wound side how can how can that incredible capacity that you have when you're working with a writer how can it work against you or against the process that you're in um, well, I suppose I've got, I've got to respect that some people just want to keep their secrets and that's not the book they want to write. Uh, I don't think I've ever come across anyone who doesn't want to write that book. Um, I guess I throw up problems because they come to me with a book idea and I end up saying to them, actually, you've got two or three book ideas here. And now we need to choose. So I sort of, as you say, they think they're closing it down by producing a draft or a book idea. And I'm going, actually, no, it's, it's wide open, you know, and I want to keep pushing them towards, um, I want to push them towards full expression. And that might be uh, too much for some people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, it sounds like you're in the, you know, you're not just in the, the, the author coaching process. You are, you are, the more you talk about it, the more I see just how much it is a personal development process to write a book too. Yeah, totally. You're not the same person after you've written the book because you've dug, excavated, in fact, all these things that you didn't even know were there. You know, you, you've done that. And, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever sort of book it is, I think people, most people are shocked and surprised by themselves. Can you see that as you're going through the coaching process with them? Are they aware that they're, they're kind of dramatically shifting over that long period of time? Yeah, yeah. And some people in the, you know, in the first session go, oh, God, oh God actually, um, I, I will deliver the words to you, but actually I'm also going to launch this new program based on the thing we've just talked about that I didn't quite have the courage to, to launch. And they'll go off and launch a, um, an e-course or um, a new um, mastermind program based on what we've just discussed. And that's just because what actually what I'm really about is, is intellectual property and, and the core work that people do. Mm -hmm. um, and that core then is expressed in so many different ways. It's not just the book. It's the book is one thing. So it's kind of like, okay, I can, of course, what I'm developing with you is your core kind of expression of your work, but we also need to remember that we're writing a book here <laughs> and yeah. because both of us can get carried away with the building the intellectual property. But I'll ask that question at that point, look, you know, are we going to get this book done or are we going to carry on looking at how it can expand into all the other uh, forms of services and products and, you know, physical things that you want to put out there? Is there a, I was thinking about, you know, writers and I'm imagining here that uh, writers gifts. And so I'm imagining that some writers that come to you have gifts in the area of structure and order. They can kind of see a template mm -hmm. um, and they can kind of an outline kind of a thing and they can write to that. And other mm -hmm. writers come with an imagination and absolutely no ability to put structure to it at all. Is there a, is there a, um, do you encounter all that or do, do a lot of the writers come with the same sort of difficulty to you? No, it's just as you say, some people are really good at knowing what it is they want to write about and other people are better at the structure. Um, so I just meet them where they are and just, um, I just show them what it is that makes a really good book. Um, these are mm -hmm. books that are okay and good enough to kind of self-publish if that's what you want to do. But they, they're not in that kind of big thinking kind of category that I'm trying to get people to, you know, to this like top of your... Um, top of your kind of profession in that way of you know this is someone who's thinking originally about what they're doing and not just trotting out a textbook it's fine to write a textbook of course it is but the person has to tell me that that's what they want to do before I'll stick to that with them you know so a lot of people think of you know paintings or sculpture or dance as an art form so do you, do you consider writing an art form? Yeah, absolutely. Because you need, you know, you, you can choose to write in so many different voices and so many different forms and it's completely uh, a different thing. So for instance, um, well, just with, with the core gift, I mean, you could um, have a book that was just like flashes of inspiration. It was like, you know, daily inspirations for core gift thinking or whatever and that would be like a bit of fun book and just like a flick the page book you know choose any page when you want inspiration 
you could have a book that was step by step, um, 10 steps to establishing your, your core gift. It could be um, stories like 10 stories from the people you've worked with and how they found their core gift and applied it in the world. And that was much more inspirational, like chicken soup for the soul. There's so many different ways of expressing the one thing and everyone will bring something different to it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just so appreciating. There's this this thread you've mentioned three or four times and it's times now, Jack, about uh I love that. I love the British term gob. So you're you know, you're you're a person who um you know an American might say you have you, you don't have any filters. You just kind of say what's up for you in the moment. So is there is there a is there looking back in your past, can you see that you is there somebody in your life that influenced you to, to be like that? Oh, wow. Mm. Weirdly enough, I, I guess it's my grandma. Although I've always been slightly kind of, my grandma's really bloody funny. She's so funny. So funny that when she was buried, there was a huge fight at the graveside because her sons, of whom she had a lot, didn't, go to church and the women in the family did go to church and so they knew when the priest was saying to put the feet to the headstone that that was wrong so they were telling the men who were holding the coffin the head goes to the headstone therefore the name the priest was saying catholic priest was saying oh no the feet go that end so the the boys were swirling the, the coffin round and round in a circle like that and my grandma would have loved that and the women were all going no no it's the wrong way around and so she was just spinning around in circles you know my nan would have loved that and so she was kind of funny and grumpy at the same time and uh, had a nickname for any everyone. She was, yeah, quite naughty. So maybe, mm. oh, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it before. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's a visual <laughs> visual image I'm going to carry all day, Zach. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just She's... put me in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. She'd have loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what makes your, what makes your, what kinds of conditions, you know, people or environment uh, situations, what, what kinds of conditions really help your gift to thrive when you're really in it? Conditions. Um, I wonder, I wonder if you mean, um, so it's attracting the right people um, and actually the, the unfiltered stuff makes that happen without any effort at all mm -hmm. um yeah so they're not dressing it up means that it's even easier to attract the right people because they can un they understand that that's how it's going to be to work with me i guess mm -hmm. so being around s s people that have that same sort of approach yeah to their version of the truth yeah or, or, or a completely different approach but can see that this approach will um help them will will excavate um, uh -huh. the things that they're finding it difficult to, to, to pluck out. And does, does your gift thrive? Um, does it thrive differently or, or a lot or not at all when you're with yourself or whether you're with one other person or whether you're within a larger group? Um, it used to be when I was just one-on-one -on -one with people, but I can do larger groups now as well. Actually, I'm sort of not good at the smallish group. I'm good at the 500 people from the stage and then the one-to-one. -one. That's how I'm good. Why is or, that? Um, I don't know. What, what, comes, what comes alive in you when you're, when you're standing in front of 500 people? 
Hmm, I don't know. I guess I I see them as a sort of a, a lump. I mean, I'll look. At, I will pick out faces, and I can can respond. But um, it feels like a performance, and I feel like I can get away with much like a comedian would, just throwing stuff out there. I mean, I did a fantastic thing recently. Well, I thought it was fantastic. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Where I said, okay, write on a postcard, and I had a hundred people write their book idea on a postcard. And I just went through them all and gave feedback. And I just flung the postcards like that behind me after I'd done them. And they gave quick, like 30 second feedback on everyone. And it was brilliant. Um, and I think I gave useful, I did give useful feedback to people mm-hmm. as well, because the whole thing about that sort of brevity and also the anonymity of not knowing who that belonged to meant that I could be kind of fierce and truthful. Um, uh, and they felt okay to do that because it was on a postcard and they didn't have to stand up and be seen, you know, to hear that. But it, it sounds like you're, you're one of those people who, and there aren't really very many in my experience, you're one of those people whose gifts flourishes most at the edge of danger. Oh yeah, probably. And the stake, yeah. when the stakes are high, the higher the stakes, the more you thrive. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's true. That's quite. Have you always been here. like that? Were you, were you like that when you were twelve? Oh gosh, no. I, I think I've really spoke until I was about six. Mm. Um, no, no. It, took, it takes a long time, I think, to when you go through a fairly conventional sort of working class upbringing. I think it takes a long time to get permission, doesn't it? To yeah, I couldn't do this within an organisation. I couldn't be like this within an organisation. I couldn't deal with the kind of people telling me off or asking me to behave or whatever I couldn't I can't do that yeah yeah I, I'm, I was thinking it'd be kind of a nightmare to be your supervisor <laughs> at work <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bruce yeah you're the kind true. of person that is true <laughs> you're the kind of person who you know I'm, I'll bet for you good supervision is if I'm your boss you and I are going to clarify what the next task is and you're going to say yes, and you're going to go off, and you never want to see me again. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I was just thinking about the first job I ever had in publishing, and I remember the, my boss saying, "Look, here's your intray," and you're not going through it. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going through it. I'm just <laughs> choosing the things I want to do out of there. I'm not going through it in order. Like that's too obvious." And she was like, "Oh my god," <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> Uh, unemployable that's what i am yeah yeah well you've you've managed to make a go of it <laughs> yeah so we're we're getting near the end of our time here i was i was um on the phone late last night uh, working with uh, a group of aussies from all over oh, yeah. australia mm-hmm. and um and we got into a conversation about um about legacy and this common misunderstanding that legacy is kind of an ego-based thing. People talk about you and what all your accomplishments have been, but how that's, that, that word has been completely altered in the last 50 or 75 years, that the original meaning of, of legacy, and forgive me, I can't pronounce the, the Italian, but legatio or, or something like that, it translates to what have you been a messenger for? Wow. And, and how is the world different because you, how is the world different because you've been in it? So a real legacy description, you're actually never named. People just talk mm. about how the world is different because you're in it. So That's I'm, nice. I'm, 
Yes, I'm wondering <clears throat> if we could if we could end by I would like to ask you that question. How do you want the uh, how do you want the world to be different because you've been in it? Look, it's just it's just speaking up and speaking out, and I you know I want people to feel that uh, when they had a decided to have a crack at laying down what they thought or sharing what they knew or what they felt or what was important to them that they went further than they would have without me mm. that they pushed it harder and they told more of a truth i was trying not to say the truth word but you know they, they pushed it further harder got deeper and um so offered something more valuable that's what yeah well, I, I had originally intended on on ending on that note, but your your what you said begs a, one more question. <laughs> what's the what's the next push for you? Funny you should ask that, but I think that's why I reached out to do the core gift work with Katie because I had a sense, a tingling that the, that there was a next thing for me, and actually, um, I've. It's right now, it's just to open my gob wider. So I'm just got a social media person to help me to start speaking, just opening my gob on Instagram, IGTV and, and the like, and just not planning it, really just thinking about what my theme is today and just to start to talk and share and see what happens. So that's the next step for me. And after that, I'm not sure what will happen. Wow, that's brave. Yeah. It is. And actually, now you've asked me that question, it's funny how you hear yourself. I think maybe it sounds so weird to say out loud but i always fancied radio and i have done a little bit of radio on being a guest on radio shows but i i like the immediacy of that work and the intimacy of it i can't see the audience but i can feel them and i'll soon know whether they like what i'm saying or not um which is the same as the people i work with on the my book so maybe maybe it's that direction and thank you for making me think about that yeah God, it just seems so perfectly tailored to your gift. Has a, has a bit of has a bit of danger in it. There's a, yes. there's, a there's a there's a courage and there's a, a forthrightness to it. It just mm. sounds sounds so you, Jack. That's great. Oh, that's so exciting. Actually, funny when you said that. I was also thought of that movie. Remember that play Misty for me, but that's going off in a totally different direction. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I love I love what you've said. I um, rein yourself in now, Jack. Rein yourself in. Yeah. I'm not gonna murder anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, well that's a great place to end. We'll end on that. We'll end we'll end with the word murder. How's that? <laughs> as long as you don't mix it around and, and, and edit it so that I, I declare that I'm about to murder people. <laughs> well, I could I could edit a lot of things, but I certainly won't be editing that out. <laughs> No, but um, honestly, though, um, Bruce, that's like a good question. I guess this is what I do all the time, but what you've just done then, and I know that the core gift work heavily relies on um, questions to excavate, and a good question, my God, it's worth its weight in gold, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about questions lately, and... and um, I'm trying to develop, you know, it, it's a recovery process for me. I have a good imagination. So while you're, you know, if you've got some kind of a problem, I, while you're talking, I can come up with 50 things you can do to solve that. And, you know, it's, it's a really bad idea. 
for me to do that while you're talking. And I've, I've been I've been trying lately to to get better at um, asking you a question. And the image that I have is that the question actually floats into the space between you and I, and I let it go, and I'm completely unattached to 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 feeling like you should respond or it should affect you in some way that it really is. It's kind of a deeper level for me uh, of an open-ended question, but it's the releasing part that I think is so hard for humans. We so much want to affect other people. Mm. One of the powerful ways we can do that is by questioning, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's funny how when those those questions pop up like that, almost and it's kind of in the middle there. It's funny how sometimes with the right pause, both of you act as if that question carry the conversation on as if that question was actually voiced mm. as, as if it was spoken when it hasn't been but it's yeah huh. mm. yeah yeah you must be good at questions because it's your life kind of revolves around that when you're working with writers it's you know mm. carefully placed question yeah that'd be an interesting thing for you to write about the kinds of questions that you found to be most powerful when you're working with people. What really opens up their gob? Mm, that's that's brilliant. I, I am working on something called, uh, it's kind of filling the gaps. So There's lots of multiple choice and questions. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I could definitely work that into that, that book. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like it's stealing off a children's book which is a kind of a you choose which bed would you want to sleep in which job would you want to have and it's mm-hmm. like a grown-up version of that yeah. to help people get to yeah so I've been working on that not for three years now um, but I'm going to pick that up hopefully this month actually so yeah brilliant um, mm. okay I'm trying I'm going to try for it now I'm going to try for a second ending Jack <laughs> okay <laughs> go on all right <laughs> So just great to talk to you. I really appreciate the, just your heart comes through so strong and you, your imagination is just, you're such a curious person. It's mm-hmm. just great to, to, um, to follow you along and see where you, the paths that you go on as you're answering a question or thinking on your own. So I really appreciate the time. Oh, I'd, I'd love doing it. It's, it's great, you know, it's great to feel that the stuff that isn't tangible suddenly becomes very tangible when you're having a a good conversation about it yeah 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 absolutely yeah all right i hope to see you soon again yeah lovely thanks bruce thank you so much bye-bye take care bye thank you for listening to hear more podcasts explore our gift library or learn about our training opportunities visit us at www.coregift.org 